Welcome to My Journey, the podcast for individuals who are seeking to write their own stories while creating a more healthy life along the way. My name is Brian Pickowitz. This is My Journey, and now it's time to start yours. What's going on all? This is Brian here, and I'm so excited to talk to you right now. First off, thank you for showing up to the podcast. I know it's going to have so much to offer you in value. And secondly, I want to talk to you right now about my one-on-one lifestyle revamp program. And I'm not going to talk to you about how to become a new you or a best self or whatever. I want to talk to you about how to reclaim yourself and proclaim your personal power through fitness and wellness. And so a lot of times what I find is that we consider ourselves hardworking people. We show up in our lives the best that we can. And if you're someone who's on the other line of this other end listening, if you're someone who's an inspiration to those who are around you, I want to talk directly to you because what I find with my clients is they're extremely hardworking people. They show up in their careers. They show up for their loved ones. They want to inspire people to become better, but their health and the standards that they have for themselves when it comes to fitness and wellness are in alignment with who they are outside of that. And yes, the diet and the workout routine that they're usually following is not in alignment with what their daily tasks are. It doesn't maintain them in a sustainable way. But at the same time, there's something that's internal that's holding them back. Maybe it's a commitment because they feel like it's taking time away from their family or their career. Maybe underlying that is they don't feel like they deserve it. Or maybe there's all these other limiting beliefs that are holding them back from really taking action and pursuing what they want and the change that they know would empower them to become better. And if this sounds like something that you resonate with, if this sounds like you, then first off, I truly believe without a doubt that you're meant to listen to this podcast right now. And I'm going to tell you something that I believe with my whole heart. And that is that you do deserve to look the way you want. You can create the change. And ultimately, this doesn't have to be painful and something impractical for your life, but it can become a sustainable, lasting change when it comes to your fitness, your health, and your overall mental and physical wellness. And the driving force behind my coaching is that, yes, the diet and the exercise matter, but true transformative results come when we nourish our bodies, develop new habits and beliefs about ourselves and the standards we're going to set in this field, and we cultivate a mindset that drives us to show up daily and advocate for our success. Over the last four years, I have dedicated myself to helping hundreds of people who are just like you foster and shift their internal beliefs about themselves and the standards they are setting for themselves in the areas of health and fitness so that they can truly create the body that they want, the mindset that they want, and the lifestyle that they know they deserve. So this resonates with you, what I want you to do is visit me at ProclaimYourPower.com. You can apply to join me on my one-on-one lifestyle revamp program where you and I are going to be a team and we're going to focus on first off getting you life-changing results. I know that sounds like a big thing, like I got to change my life. The reason why I say it's going to change your life is because one of the examples that I know from my life is that if you can set a target, work towards that target, break down the beliefs that are holding you from achieving that and make it a sustainable lifestyle, you will become 
not just a better you or a new you, you're gonna be more yourself. You're gonna show up as yourself in a confident and practical way in the rest of your life and it's going to affect everything. And you and I are gonna to work together to do that. And so visit me at proclaimyourpower.com. I look forward to seeing you. And if this isn't for you, then I hope you find something valuable from the podcast. You can implement it into your life and you show up for the next ones too. So without further ado, let's dive in. What is going on, guys? Welcome to my journey. I am your host, Brian Pickowitz, and I'm extremely excited and grateful to have you guys tuning into episode four of our show. So today's episode, we feature the wellness entrepreneur, best-selling author, and the founder of the Powerhouse Woman event, Lindsay Schwartz. And so Lindsay is incredibly inspiring because her passion for healthy living extends beyond some workout routine or nutrition plan. And it really focuses on helping other females create confidence within themselves so that they can live the purpose-driven life that they know they deserve to live. And Lindsay's journey is unique in its own right because She started from a corporate workplace, and when she launched her first network marketing business, she decided that this was the purpose that she was supposed to live, and she started focusing on all the different tidbits that she now helps other people cultivate within their own life, like confidence, self-worth, and really understanding the purpose-driven motivations that allow people to thrive. And so in this podcast, I think that one of the most powerful things we talk about is what it actually means to be a powerhouse woman. And within that, there's so many different facets that I think when you quantify it, I know as a man, I listen to that and I say, well, that wouldn't necessarily work for me because I'm not going to be a powerhouse woman. But I want to throw this in there that if you're hearing this, if you're listening to this, that a lot of the things we talk about when it comes to confidence, cultivating motivation, and aggressively supporting others' dreams is something that I think everyone can benefit from. And I think that more than anything, I know that this conversation holds a lot of value for anyone who is trying to break out of that nine to five, break out of that rat race, and really wants to live a more confident life. And so whatever you're focusing on right now, I think that this is the podcast for you. And I want to give Lindsay a special shout out because she, at the end of this conversation, we talk about the relationship between being a couple and supporting each other. And I think that that's something that is really hard for a lot of people to discuss when we're talking about supporting each other's dreams aggressively. I know for me, from a standpoint of where I'm at with my fiance, we're in that same position where me and Lindsay, we support each other, but there's things that I do really good at and I'm not good at, and there's the same for her. And so understanding how to support your significant other with a level of grace and humility, but also a level of intense desire to see that other person succeed. And so this is something I thought was really special that we dove into here today. And there's so many different tidbits, and I want to allow you guys to dive into the podcast, but if you want to learn more about Lindsay, you want to join her girl gang, or you want to learn more about her powerhouse woman event, which is going to be taking place in 2019, you can find her at Lindsay Schwartz, either 
on Instagram, on Facebook, or on her website. You can also purchase her book, Powerhouse Woman, How to Get Out of Your Own Way, Fulfill Your Unique Purpose, and Live a Powerful Life on her website there. And so if you guys love this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes so we can spread this message. And it will also give you the opportunity to be our reviewer of the week where we're going to be giving out free coaching calls, free apparel, and other wonderful prizes. And as you tune in, make sure to screenshot this, share it on your Instagram story, and tag me in it so we can share your message, shout you out, and also spread this message of inspiration to so many more people. So thank you all for tuning in. And without further ado, here's Lindsay Schwartz. Lindsay Schwartz, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, I'm incredibly excited. I'm really grateful for you to be here. I have a lot on the docket as far as what we're going to talk about because I think that you're such an inspiring, not just female, but an inspiring person to everyone. I know that our interactions have been really organic and I, I find so much light in everything you do, but I wanted to start it off with asking you, what is your definition of a powerhouse woman? Mm, that's so good. That is the perfect question to start with. And the whole journey to writing the book and having an event under that name was inspired by my own experience with having this for the large part of my life, feeling this disconnect from these powerful women I would observe either being social media, women that I looked up to, those who inspired me, and feeling like there was something different about them than there was about me. And through the through just personal development and my own life experience, really coming to this conclusion that truly what sets them apart and what I have is no different other than uh, maybe a set of experiences, uh, time in my field. And so it was almost this breaking down of the, the notion that the people we look up to and the, those who inspire us really are any different than us that I am a powerhouse, that I have all of the capabilities within me to do the work that I feel called to do. So it's probably a longer answer than you, than you were expecting. Wow. But it truly is a woman who is pursuing the calling that she feels uniquely called to pursue and willing to grow herself in the process, which you and I know is never ending. Yeah, I, I love that definition. Um, I think for me, so not to dive too much down in my story, but when I was in college, I studied politics and I would meet politicians, people like that. And it was so intimidating. And I'd be like, how do I actually like make myself just feel comfortable talking to this person? And that was the thing I used to tell myself. And after you have those examples play out, it really becomes so clear. Clear. So I think that that's such a powerful piece. And I wanted to also know too, off of that, what do you feel like you were trying to pursue? So what was it that you felt like you were supposed to be doing that wasn't in your sphere of influence or wasn't what you were actually able to execute on when you started this journey? Gosh, all your questions are so great. We're just diving <laughs> right into it. This is so awesome. Well, what was happening was I had... I'm trying to think of how far back really to go. I had taken my first big girl job, my first real world corporate job, and learned really quickly that it was not for me forever. 
nothing against corporate America at all. I just really did not feel called to pursue what I was pursuing, which was I, I sold carpet. I sold commercial flooring. There's like no way to make that sound glamorous. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't take very long when I, before I realized that I had, I th- had more to offer. That wasn't what I was putting on this earth to do. And I really wanted to help people. And started doing that. My first business was in network marketing, and it's still my, the business that I have today. And yet, there, even four or five years into that journey, just was very aware that I was operating at about 70% of what I was capable of. And that other 30% was really what was holding me back was this fear of what other people would think, this fear of being judged or not meeting my own expectations. So although on the outside, it might have looked like I had this great life, and I did, and I still do, I knew that there was more. I just had this unsettling feeling. I didn't know what it was. I felt like there was just something more for me in terms of how I was supposed to impact the world. And what started the discovery process of that was deciding to write the book that is now called Powerhouse Women. But through that process, got really clear that my story, my own experience, battling with my self-confidence, battling with this, just that fear of truly testing the waters of what my 100% looked like, that became my own story. And the more I shared it, the more I shared about my own insecurities and fears and the battles that I was facing every day within my own mind. It was like the more that I opened up about that, the more people actually resonated with what I was sharing versus when, not that I was trying to make it look on the surface like it was perfect. I just wasn't opening up to that extent. I wasn't really talking about my struggles. So the answer to your question really just is, I am a woman who is doing the work of the kind of women that I want to impact, which is every single day I am out to figure out how I can serve that day and sharing any struggles and blocks that come up along the way because I know they're not just unique to me. I know that every entrepreneur, every creative, and specifically I think women have this unique ability to get in our own way if we aren't careful. Yeah, I would say, so I I work with mostly women um, about you know, 75%, 80% of my clientele is women. And what I find to be really the biggest limiting factor for a lot of them is the judgment is, is that idea that someone is holding it against them. What are like the practical things that help you or help you or some tools that you use to get through that mental block of feeling judged or, or I think that judgment is also a fear of inadequacy too. It's like, I'm not enough, so therefore they will judge me. So, like, did you have, like, some practical things you would say to yourself or, like, exercises of writing, or was it just you facing that fear? Like, what what were you able to do to actually get through it? Yes, all of the above. I think (laughs) that it's what I'm learning is the further I go, the more whatever you want to call success that I achieve, those fears of what other people might think or will someone not like this, those never go away. In fact, I think they get louder or sometimes they take on, I I always say they like put on a different outfit. (laughs) It's like, but deep down, you nailed it. It's just the deep down fear of not being enough and that someone's going to find out 
that I'm not enough. And that whole storyline, regardless of what outfit it's wearing that day (laughs) in my life, is just something I always have to be mindful of. And so the first, truly the first time in my adult life that I faced it head on and truly followed through with a big idea that I had was when I published the book. And the backstory behind that is I had a health and fitness blog for three years. And, you know, in marketing, they say publish consistent content. And I consistently publish one article per year. I (laughs) kid you not, I had three articles on this blog and I told myself I was not a good writer or I didn't have time. Deep down, all it was was a fear that I would put myself out there and someone wouldn't like it. Mm. And what happened, a really cool experience happened as I was getting close to finishing the first draft of the manuscript, which is the scariest part because until it becomes real, no one can really judge it. (laughs) (laughs) But I went to see a talk of an author. I actually really love all of her content. Love, I watch her YouTube videos. I consume a lot of her content and love it. And got her new book and I could not get into it. And it was like this realization that some people are gonna resonate with this message and some aren't. And I didn't think any differently about her. I didn't think she sucked. Or I, I just had this aha moment that, oh, okay, no matter how great I think she is, there's going to be people in the world who don't resonate and who aren't, she's not meant to serve. Mm-hmm. And I, so it's been this constant evolution of those little experiences. Yes, just putting myself out there and doing something that kind of makes me want to puke because I'm so mm-hmm. afraid. And then the growth that comes from it is always 100%. It is always worth stepping into that fear. You get to experience yourself in a way that you haven't before. Mm-hmm. I don't even have words for it. Yeah, I think that, and the great thing about comfort zones is once you shatter them, for the most part, they they lose their power. It's it's mm. it's uh it's like anxiety. Um, whenever I talk to people about gym anxiety, it's like once you can actually go to the gym, that anxiety kind of dissipates and you get stronger because yeah. of it. And I think that that's the great thing about being able to step into that zone, especially when it comes to judgment. One of the things that you talk a lot about is being able to find your sense of confidence. So for you, where do you find your confidence from? Like, is there like a feeling or like a mindset that you've been able to develop or like a mantra that you have, or is it just consistently reminding yourself that you're worth it? It's a couple of things. My faith is number one, the thing that roots me in everything in my life. Um, And even the times when I was struggling with confidence, coming to the conclusion that what I was saying and believing about myself did not at all match up with what my creator says that I am. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. And then noticing when there are bad habits taking over that take me down a route of not feeling confident at all. Things like my self-talk. What am I saying to myself about myself? which reveals a lot of times deeper beliefs that I might not even be present to, but I can always tell when my confidence has been rocked because it's like a physical sensation. Like there's a, 
I, I always explain it in like when I talk to women, it's amazing how some days I can walk around like Alicia Keys is singing the soundtrack to my life. This girl is on fire. And then it doesn't take much at all in a moment that can all switch. And I'm looking for the nearest rock to hide under because I am so aware of my own imperfections. And I don't think that we can stop the thoughts that trigger that. The thoughts are kind of automatic, but it's noticing when something knocks me off of how I want to feel and then being willing to stop in that moment and address it. Okay, whoa, what happened right there? Okay, this person responded in this way or looked at me weird and immediately my mind said X. And just getting to the root of it, being able to stop, address the situation, and then move on and choose something new because those things happen moment to moment to moment. And some days it's more of a battle. Other days I feel like on fire. Um, And that's just real. I think that makes me a real human. I, I still have to practice that daily. Mm. Yeah. I I really love that. And I really love your vulnerability too. I think that the greatest thing about you is that you're willing to say, my journey has led me to this point and I'm consistently showing up and working on these things. I think that's just so powerful. Off of that, I wanted to kind of put this question here, even though I usually save it for the end, but I think that when we talk about being a powerhouse woman, it kind of leads towards this point. And for you, what do you feel like your superpower is? Like, what do you feel like when you show up into the zone, like you really have a masterful tact on this skill? And leading off of that, what is one of the areas that you feel like is your kryptonite that you're consistently showing up and working on? Ooh, this is so good. Okay, so I, I'm going to answer this in the context of something that I was, ju- I was just having this conversation earlier how, you know, a lot of times our greatest strength or our superpower, you could call it, has this flip side to it that can be our kryptonite. So mine is I genuinely love people. I love them so much. Sometimes it gets me into trouble because I care way too much what other people think. And I allow that to be more important than what I know to be true about myself. So there's a light and a dark side to it. Someone who, um, I was talking to who's very assertive, very decisive. She described her kryptonite as sometimes that comes off as impulsive and she doesn't think through decisions. So I was looking at her saying, gosh, I wish I had more of that decisiveness. I tend to be really thoughtful and think things through and, and vice versa. But it, it really helped me see that just like with her, my own strength of being, I can connect with people in an instant. And it also makes me very, uh, or it, that doesn't make me, but it's correlated. I also am hyper-focused on, okay, does this person like me? I'm like assessing the situation in every, like looking for that validation or that evidence that my charm, my natural charm is working and that it's, it's developing a relationship, which I just have to be mindful of because oftentimes, um, I always joke, like the person might just have gas, like they're making a weird face because they have like some indigestion (laughs) going on. It's not that they don't like me, but I can so easily go there because my true desire and my strength is to connect with people. Mm, I love that. I love that. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but I wanted to bring it back to this point. You talked about moving past corporate America, talked about that shift 
you remember the day when you actually made that shift? Like what was that moment where you said, I'm going to go into business and do this for myself. And when, how long did it take you to actually go like full time into that endeavor? And what was that feeling? Like, was it freeing? Was there a sense of like small anxiety with it? Like what were those moments actually like when you decided to become that independent, powerful woman that you knew you were? Yeah, I think it was, there's, there's two defining moments. Number one, and like I shared, the business that ine- inevitably worked me out of corporate America was network marketing. And when I first was introduced to that business model, I, I didn't know enough to be skeptical. I'm actually really grateful for that because um, when I saw it for what it was, it was like everything clicked. And I had actually been um, reading an affirmation six months before that particular opportunity in that business came into my life. I think I was aware that I was meant to do something and create something of my own. So my affirmation was just something along the lines of, I am so happy and fulfilled to have started a business that combines my passion for personal development with health and well-being. And I just put that out there, thought it would go more the route of personal training or something else, but inevitably, um, you know, connected with the right company. And so seeing that almost just in a moment, connecting the dots that what I had asked for had, had manifested, had showed up. And, and I think in that moment, I knew that I was done with corporate America, but that it was going to take me some time. So I think the, the day you draw the line in the sand, it's like, when you say, I mean, you coach people around health and fitness, like you say enough is enough. You don't necessarily have the dream body that day, but there's something internally that switches. And I was no longer employable. I was going to continue showing up to my job and giving 100%, but no longer employable. And I knew that. And then um, I, it took about two years for me to get to the point where I felt comfortable. My husband and I obviously had a lot of conversations around the right timing Um, And to take it full time. But it was actually seven months before that I put in my notice with my boss. And it was risky because he could have said, oh, wait, you're building something else on the side. You know, you're out. And there was just something in me that knew that that made it real. It was like April. And I set the intention to say, I'm going to be done in December. And I want to give you enough time to find someone to replace me. And I will gladly train them and just really wanted it to feel like I was leaving them in a great position as well as being able to move forward with what I wanted to do. And that was scary. I tell you what, like I remember I cried. It was, and I had just a great boss. I, there was truly nothing about the job or the, the people I worked with that I didn't like. I was grateful to work with just a phenomenal company. I just knew that it wasn't for me and that it was doing them a disservice to continue pretending that it was. That's awesome. And in, if you were to give someone advice, let's say that you have one of your powerhouse women or part of the girl gang there, and they're listening to this and they hear that and it resonates with them. What is the first step that someone should take if they're in that position to really affirm what they're going after to make that shift? Do you mean when someone knows that maybe they want to work themselves out of their current position? Sure. It's so different. It really is so different for everyone. What I have women do, if, if they're women you know, that I'm working with or just friends of mine, I think often we see the life that we would like to lead. 
whether that be, you know, this, this career that we want to have more time freedom. A lot of times it's that it's, we want to be able to do what we want when we want and pursue Mm -hmm. something we're passionate about is to get real with yourself about the numbers of that. How much are you making? What's the differential between like truly how much income you need in order to cover your expenses and not be building your business out of stress? Because I see a lot of times in regardless of what industry, if you, know, if you leave too soon, hold this whole like burn the boats mentality, sometimes it can unfortunately have the effect of, well, now you're building a business out of stress because you don't have money to pay your mortgage next month. And I think that puts weird energy between the people you're trying to serve. Um, So actually working out the numbers, how, how much, you know, how many clients would you have to serve? How many sales would you need to make? Whatever your industry is in order to consistently bring that revenue in on a monthly basis. And then what's surprising for a lot of people is how achievable it actually is. Um, Especially if you're willing to, to bring down your standard of living temporarily, knowing that you're going to grow something that's so much bigger. So um, for us, when we sat down and did the math and, and just realized, you know, there was a walkaway point that was more achievable than I realized, it um, helped motivate me because we have these mini benchmarks in our business journeys where, um, you know, eventually we're, we're going to grow and we're going to surpass and we're going to have this, you know, freedom lifestyle. But for most entrepreneurs, that doesn't happen in the first six months or a year. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But setting those mini milestones helped me to see that I was making progress toward that ultimate goal. Mm. I would, I'm going to jump into, I would say that it's powerful for people to map out their finances so they know how to actually survive and do their passion. So like, I remember for me, it was like, I was in college and I started my, my personal training and coaching business. And I knew like once I graduated, what my cap was for actual revenue. And the reason why that was so important is because then I could actually focus on helping people because I love what you said there, because when, when you're, and it's different, like if I'm going to sell a mug, (laughs) then it's probably not that important that I have my heart aligned as long as I'm executing and, and doing a proper service. But especially with so many people who want to get into coaching, personal development, health and wellness, fitness, you really have to have your heart in a line. And so I think that that's a powerful, powerful message. I want to jump off of that and I want to hear a little more about your book. So the, the question I had on this was what was the first reaction when you realized it was a bestseller? Like what was the internal thought? Like, and did, and more off of that, did your identity shift at all? Like, did you feel like you had broken through a barrier after that it had happened? Like, how did that raise your temperature to another level when that happened? Hmm. So the answer might actually surprise you that the bestseller status, I, I knew we would hit because we had a whole plan and essentially, you know, the, the launch strategy was set up such that we would have everyone buy it on the same day. And spoiler alert, that's how you get Amazon bestseller yeah, status, which is awesome. Cause now I have that. I mean, I mean, I have that acknowledgement. I have that, that title. What changed me was hearing from the first couple of women who I did not personally know and having them reach out and say that the book impacted them 
or that it was exactly what they needed to hear. That I will just never get over, ever. Still, to this day, I'll receive messages and it, it's just wild to me that something I did reached a person that I wouldn't have been able to impact otherwise, maybe through social media, but I just, you just never know. And that is still an experience that gives me chills. Mm. Off of that, do you have a particular moment or interaction with someone that you've helped or worked with that just stands out as just being un- untapped or just the phenomenal standard? Like, what is there any moments that really resonate with you the most that you're like, wow, that touched my soul? Mm. I think that I'm just now learning how to let more of that in. Mm. Up until this point, I mean, this journey from the book being released, that was just April 2017. So it hasn't been that long. And I realized recently something came out of my mouth. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was clear to me in that moment that it was time for me to take responsibility for my role in this movement that's being created where I always wanted to shy away from the attention. I didn't really want to be the face of a brand. I still really don't understand why people care about my story. It was sort of like that, like something like that came out of my mouth and it was like something smacked me upside the head. It was like, Lindsay, when are you going to start taking responsibility for the fact that you've been given an opportunity to serve people? And I just really wrestled with that. So I think that there, there have been a couple of times. The one that popped into my mind right when you were asking the question is, I did a talk over the summer. I think it was in, no, it was back, back in March. And I had had probably the worst day and a half of my life. Uh, just, I, I was rocked by something. I was really emotional. I was just like fighting through it. And then I was supposed to show up and give this talk on confidence to this group mm-hmm. of women. And I just decided to show up and be real and be me and, and share how, you know, confidence doesn't always look like having it all together. Sometimes it means showing up and just being real about what you're walking through. And a woman came up afterward. Her name's Cindy, and I adore her. And it was the first time I had someone who, she just came up to me and she's like, I have been looking for you. Like, I want to hire you. I don't even know what you offer, but I, I need you to let me give you my money for you to work with me. And I remember being so like, uh, uh, well, I, I don't do coaching. I don't do this. And it was, it, it was like this, this moment where I kind of said, well, what if, what if, you know, so it started this whole conversation of being willing to step in and serve where I saw a need, someone was voicing a need and where it actually did align with something I was passionate about or loved doing. So that conversation turned into a small group mastermind that I ran for about six weeks, worked with a couple of entrepreneurs. And I never, I've told Cindy this, I never would have just launched that had she not come up and said, I need this. You're the one I want to work with. Can you please create something so I can pay you for it? And it just was radical to me. Again, like why anyone cares what I, <laughs> what I have to, to say. But in that moment, what was cool is I got to experience how much I actually am great at looking at other people's businesses and helping them come up with strategies to launch and promote things, how to organize businesses so that they make a lot of sense. 
I got to experience a new kind of like a new layer of my own passion and and also get to see how much I really do know around this these topics and what they wanted to learn. So that's been cool. That one for sure stands out. And then it's really evolved into so much more since then. I have a completely selfish question because <laughs> that whole point resonated with me so much. How do you open up yourself to accept that kind of praise? Because <laughs> I'm someone who I am in the same position. Like someone will tell me something really amazing or I'll receive a message on social media, X, Y, Z. And I always am like, there's times where like I can get into that space where I really feel grateful, but there's also times where it's like, ah, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if I deserve it. It's almost like that's yeah. what it feels, which almost feels weak for me to say, but I'm just mm -hmm. going to own it because it's the truth. Yeah. And obviously I, I've worked on it. I've worked on it, but for you, it sounds like kind of like you're in that same spot or maybe like you've worked through it. How have you been able to do that? How has it gotten easier for you to accept the praise over this journey? Mm, yep. I, if you could see me right now, I'm like totally raising my hand, like awkward <laughs> at receiving compliments. I get so awkward. I will. And I notice I, I love to, I, I have this view of the world. Like I'm just an observer. And sometimes I can even just kind of observe even myself in certain interactions and Luckily, I've got a great sense of humor about myself. I don't take myself that seriously, but just watching myself at, at times either deflect it and compliment that person back mm -hmm. rather than just like truly receiving it or um, tearing myself down in some way and usually in a joking way, but it truly is me not being able to receive. And I, I was just talking about this exact topic within my community this week. And two things have really made a difference. Someone gave me this analogy and it helped me see giving and receiving compliments or acknowledgement in a totally different way that if you imagine like if I right now gave you a physical gift, it was beautifully wrapped, it was this beautiful present and you either number one, just like flat out drop kicked it across the room, which is really like what it, what it is when we deflect compliments or you just gave it back to me right away, I'd be like, no, no, Brian, this is for you. And how, what I get to experience as the giver in that scenario, I mean, think about how you, someone you love to give to, whether it's, you know, Lindsay or someone in your family, I love giving gifts. And if someone just returned it, you know, pushed it back to me or drop kicked it across the room, that would completely change my experience of how I get to, how I get to feel as the giver. Mm. So when someone's acknowledging us, it, when we deflect, when we, when we aren't able to let that in, it's actually a disservice to them. Mm. And, and we're robbing them of the experience of getting to truly acknowledge something great about us. And you would be surprised how many successful people actually struggle with this a lot. So for me, what I do now knowing that, having that different outlook, it's as simple as this. When someone says words of acknowledgement, on the inside, it gets, it just gets all messy, right? Like the feelings start coming up, your little voice inside is going, yeah, but you don't really know me. I'm actually a hot mess. Just, mm. you know, allowing whatever I'm feeling, just that's what's there. But just actually having myself make eye contact if I'm in person and when the person says it actually pause and like almost like marinate on it and then just say thank you 
Mm. As, as simple as that, just saying thank you and taking on the practice of not allowing myself to rebut and, oh, well, you don't know I made this mistake or here's how not perfect I am. Um, just saying thank you and actually like almost I visualize myself like receiving that, you know, taking it in and then whatever it, you know, whatever my mind does with it at that point, that that's just the practice that I'm in. Um, right. It still is uncomfortable, but being able to see receiving it as a gift, almost like an acknowledgement back to the person who's giving, who's brave enough to open up and share something that a way that I've impacted them that changed the game for me. I love that. I'm going to have to save that as a note. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew who to give credit, like where I heard that. It is not my unique idea, but that changed everything for me. Mm, I'm, I'm so grateful you shared that. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, I have a, a wonderful segue that I think is perfect because I want to talk about you establishing a girl gang. And obviously we can define that. We can go into that. But one of the things as I was doing some research and digging is I love the way you personified what that was supposed to mean. It's supposed to be from, I'll try to define it and then you can shift. I can't wait for this. <laughs> but the way that you describe your girl gang is a group of powerhouse women who are aggressively supporting each other's dreams. And is yeah. that, is that close? Am I close? That's good. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I wanted to ask you is, as you were building your business, as you decided to quit your job, as you were doing all these things that were really allowing, allowing you to level up, who aggressively supported your dreams the most? My husband, first and foremost, never ever blinked an eye when I told him, number one, I'm going to leave my corporate job that's providing us benefits and a salary and a car, you know, all these things. And, um, you know, just so many people in my life, what's cool is that it's, it really has evolved. I think that along my journey, the people that I needed at that point always managed to show up. Some of them for a season, others have stayed a really long time. And so people like Elliot, first and foremost, my family does, but they also kind of think I'm crazy. I don't know that they totally understand what I do for a living. Um, and then truly, it's been the women who have shown up, who resonate with this message and this movement, and they haven't always been the women that I thought they would be. But rather than looking at people in my life and thinking, oh, they should be supporting me, just looking at who is right in front of me, saying, yes, we hear you, girl, we are with you, and then running with them. So I think that was a hard lesson to learn is, and I don't know if, <laughs> if we meant to take it here, but, you know, so often I see entrepreneurs say, saying that they feel lonely or they feel unsupported. I think we just expect the wrong people to support us. Mm -hmm. And that if we look up, there often are people right around us who are supporting us in some way or another. And sometimes it's just that they're showing up and they're commenting on your, your content and they're they're giving you words of affirmation that what you're creating is needed versus looking for that to come from people maybe who've known you a certain way your whole life and now you're changing and you're doing something different. And oftentimes those people, 
I didn't struggle with this as much as I've seen other people, but oftentimes the people who've noticed the longest have the hardest time adjusting to a change, but the ones who are meant to be in my life have stayed. Mm. I love that. I love that. And so for you, what do you think is vital for women to continue to build this empowerment movement? Because obviously I think that that's the biggest shift as a society that we're having is all these female entrepreneurs are stepping up and, and really taking the torch to a whole new level, which I think is very exciting as someone who has watched my fiance do the same thing. So, you know, what would you say is the most important thing for the women that you want to inspire to continue to see that message just really carry on? Yeah, I think that I, I always say the whole reason the book exists and then everything that has come from it is I do believe that if more women step into what they feel called to pursue, the world will work better. And men as well. This isn't just um, about women. However, I do believe that as women, we are, we tend to listen to the self-doubt and the the fears a little bit more. So two things. I think, number one, we need strong men. And mm. I'm very vocal about, it's been very interesting having all of this that I've been working on come out at a time when women are just like this topic now. That, that never was my intention, and I stumbled mm. into it, so I'm, you know, I'm going with it. But I think that my place in this whole conversation is actually to say, you know, one of the reasons that I am who I am is because I have the most incredible partner, my husband, and that we are a team and, and there's no sense of, well, get out of my way, I'm doing this. I actually value his opinion more and more as, as I grow. So I think that it's important to realize that men are a part of this conversation too. And there's so many who are just like, literally like lifting us up on their shoulders and like, you go girl. Um, and then we need each other. And this is probably, this became the championing like rally cry of our powerhouse women event uh, just a few months ago. The one we had in September is that we're not meant to do this alone. We need each other. We, I think sometimes again, like with this women empowerment can become a feeling it's almost like pressure that I've got to have it all I've got to be able to do it myself like again I'm going to show you I'm going to prove to you I think the true uh, how you pour gasoline on the fire of what's happening with women right now is to realize that we each are equipped with different skills and no one of us has them all so I'm equipped with certain things that have me then go and say, okay, cool. You know how to do that really well. Awesome. I need that. And hey, here's what I can contribute to you. And I think that's just as a society, not again, this, this expands beyond just women, but realizing that it is not empowerment to build myself up to where I, I can do this myself. I don't need a man and I don't need other people. But actually to say, I desperately need others. I am not gonna, I'm not gonna fulfill this vision on my own. So how can I step out and partner with other people that have been placed in my life for a reason? I love that. And I think it's interesting too, talking about being 
building strong men. I think that there's, and obviously we can dive down the rabbit hole if you want, but just my two cents is that I think that, I don't think there's enough men that are empowered right now to actually do what they're supposed to do or do things that are good for them. I think that there's this dichotomy of mask masculinity if you want to call it that or or they have to be like oh i have to be like this strong man figure or they have to not be that it's like there should be a middle ground where you can express your feelings and and be in touch with your vulnerable side but also show up powerfully in an aggressive way when whenever you feel like that's necessary whether that's being a powerful leader or maybe it's not that i i think that I think that that dichotomy too makes it for a better relationship because I know that Mm -hmm. there's so many weaknesses that I have that Lindsay brings out because she's such a powerful woman. And then when I'm in a position where maybe she's not comfortable and I am, you can kind of balance each other out that way. So So true. It sounds like that's what you've been able to leverage on your relationship yeah Yeah, and I think um I love that you spoke to that and what's cool is and maybe this this ends up being something that even you get to to be start a platform around I think it just starts with as men feel called that more of that conversation is really wanted and needed we just start talking about it you know like Mm -hmm. like I said just starting to share my story and some of my insecurities and vulnerabilities was what opened the floodgates for other women to be like, oh my gosh, me too. That's exactly how I feel. Um, And I think it's happening. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and so off of that, like what is your intention with establishing this girl gang? Like what, what is the biggest thing that you really want to accomplish by? Yeah. So the, uh, the progression, how this has all evolved is, you know, the book was powerhouse woman and that is really written to the individual woman calling to the greatness inside of her and saying like, I see you and there's no hiding anymore. You've got something to contribute. Now let's get to work sister and kind of sharing <laughs> through my own struggles, what I've been able to create and then some tools for how I get through the roadblocks that inevitably pop up along the way. So book was written to one woman and then it became, well, okay, this really is about us as a community. This is about women and uh, creating that uh, girl gang, which we like to call it. And it, I joke, because, I mean, if you could see me, I'm like the least likely member of to ever be in a gang. I was the rule follower. <laughs> uh, my husband and I joke about it all the time. I was never in anything even close to a gang. But I, I love the idea of, you know, there's a lot of conversations around building your tribe, And I love that, but I also feel like a a gang would, like you so eloquently said earlier, will like aggressively support your goals beyond just like cheering you on. It's like, no, that woman would like go to bat for you. To be clear, I don't foresee this having any physical violence, but it's just, (laughs) I mean, we might get matching jackets. It's a thing. It's a whole thing. But yeah, so, you know, girl gang is just like that, that group of women who you know have your back. And so what we did is we just had our second powerhouse women event, which is a day designed all around helping women get out of their own way and into action around their big ideas. And we do that by sharing stories of women who have achieved success in some way, but they're willing to share the real story behind it. When was the last time they ugly cried because they were so challenged or Something didn't go right. You know, we, are, we have plenty of inspiration. 
on social media and the access that we have to people's greatness and their highlight reel gives us inspiration for days. I want to pull those women off social media, sit them in a chair in, a, in front of a group of women and then have them say, you know, have them tell the real truth behind what that has looked like. Because I know for me, that's what has given me permission to keep moving forward is when that I see that women who I've looked up to are willing to share that they deal with the same fears. It's kind of like that moment where I went, oh, well, okay. If she felt that way and could do it anyway, why can't I? So the event is incredible, but it's one day. You know, it's one day we get all inspired, we're connected to our vision, but then what about the other 364 days in the year? And so I noticed that um, coming into year two, there were so many women who said, gosh, I just cannot wait for powerhouse women. I need this because I got so inspired last year and then I got off track or I didn't do anything. And it was this moment where I kind of went, whoa, hold on, wait a minute. That's just not acceptable to me because we're not here just to hype women up. We are here to get them into action. And I mean that in every sense of the word. So we decided to take the Powerhouse Women event and all the intentionality that we put there around sharing real stories, and we brought it online year-round. So we have a membership community. It's, you know, it's 25 bucks a month, but you get access to everything that is going to keep you moving forward toward the next goal, the next big idea, including interviews with women who are just incredible. I mean, next month we're interviewing a woman who got a deal on Shark Tank. So these women are like bosses in every sense of the word, but they'll also tell you the real side of the struggles that they've faced or that they still face. And so it's, it's really just kicking off. We started it, you know, just a little over a month ago and had 50 women join in two days. I mean, that's a clue that there are women out there looking to connect and looking for that level of support. So it's been super fun and it's like my favorite thing that's happening in my life right now. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I usually ask this later, but how can people learn more about becoming part of your girl gang? Yeah. So if you want to join the gang, there's no like initiation or hazing, <laughs> nothing <good>. like that. <laughs> no, but um, it's just the website is just lindsayschwartz.com slash girl gang. And we're, we're actually building out. This is so fun. I actually just came from a meeting this morning. We're building out an entire powerhouse women site. And this is the first time I'm sharing this publicly, but why the heck not? Um, so we have, obviously the girl gang will be on there, our events. And then I've joked for a long time about getting matching jackets. We have someone designing not just matching girl gang jackets, but like a whole mini collection of just very much like girl power, you know, type of apparel that captures the essence of who a powerhouse woman is. So it's fun. It's just fun to see how the vision expands as we continue to share the message and as people are, are attracted to that. So eventually there will be a whole powerhousewomen.com site, but for right now, it's just on my personal site. That's so powerful. I'm so proud yeah. for you. That's going to be you so got exciting exclusive news shared here first <laughs> well i can't wait i'll make sure that's all in the show notes too awesome i want to jump into a more short round of questions as we wind down though and i want people to really know a little more about just you and, and some of the things that you enjoy and, and obviously breaking through 
the barrier of you as this powerhouse woman, but more of let's figure out who Lindsay is. So my first question is who's someone you admire and why? Lori Harder. She was the person for me who I looked up to and was also willing to share her struggles along the way. So watching her career unfold, I've known her for gosh, eight years now. Mm. And also hearing her struggles has given me permission to do the same. Mm, I love that. I love that. What is your favorite leisure activity or leisure activities? It's just getting to the time of year. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, so it's finally hiking weather. So mm -hmm. nothing better than climbing to the top of a mountain and just the peace and tranquility. It's like my favorite thing. Mm, I love that. What is your idea of paradise? I, <laughs> so funny. I'm trying to give a short answer to this. So we went to oh, Hawaii you're, you're, this summer. They don't, to, they don't have to be short either. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, free um, with it. Clearly I am a talker, but <laughs> we, we went to Hawaii this summer and it was beautiful. We went to Maui. It's a place I'd always wanted to visit. And coming back, I, I remember looking at Elliot and saying, you know, it's cool to have a life that I don't really need a vacation from. You know, so when you ask what paradise is, for me, it literally, this is so cheesy, but it's literally like the simplest thing. Cuddled up on the couch with my husband and my dog mm. and just, I just am truly so fulfilled. So traveling places is cool and having things is cool, but I actually have everything I need in life with mm. those two. Yeah, I can, I can really resonate with that. When mm -hmm. Lindsay and I went to a wedding recently in Jamaica, like it was wonderful and I was so grateful to be there for the people that we love and like the whole trip was great, but at the same time I was like, yeah, like we don't need a vacation because like we get to do what we want and my idea of paradise would probably be very similar to that. So <laughs> that, that's obviously not cuddling with your husband. Um, but, but you would probably love him too. Uh, he's great. So, <laughs> um, and off of that, what is one practical habit or skill that you've implemented into your life that's allowed you to be more efficient or productive? This is the simplest thing, but I log out of my social media apps. Mm. So I have dedicated times. I'm not perfect at this yet. But I will post in the morning, spend a little time liking, commenting for about 30 minutes, like going and engaging with people's content. And then I log out so that like, for example, being I'm on my phone um, recording this with you so that I don't keep seeing these notifications that really take my mind somewhere else. Because that was a big, I mean, I think for a lot of us scrolling that, you know, scroll, mindless scroll is uh, one of the biggest time wasters for me. Yeah, absolutely. I've gotten in the habit of just shutting my phone off recently, just for like mm, an hour. Yeah. And it, it's so freeing. And I, I, I think it must be. Yes. Yeah, just shut, just shut it off and just put it like right next to me for like the, uh, 30 minutes, an hour. And, just... and it, it, there's a physical effect. Even just logging out of the apps, I notice that I feel less anxious, which I didn't think I felt anxious before until I experienced that lack of feeling anxious. So yeah, I highly encourage people give that a try. Yeah, I'm gonna go off of that for a second too because the reason why I love shutting the phone off 
and this obviously goes back off of that is I would get in the habit of like flipping my phone and seeing like, Oh, do I have notifications or who's yep. texting me? And if it's off, I have this reminder cause I look at it and there's nothing. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, so good. Wow. Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What is one characteristic or what's the one characteristic that you admire the most in people? Authenticity which I think comes with owning how great you are, not being humble to the point of degrading yourself. Maybe that's kind of too strong of a word, but I think you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And yet also being real about the challenges and struggles we all face. Mm. I think it's both. It's not just humility. It's being equally willing to own how freaking incredible you are unapologetically. Powerful. And I have two more questions. If you could relive one day of your life, what would it be? Ooh, I saw this on your question list and so I've been thinking about it, but I would probably say, again, so cheesy, but my wedding day. Weddings are awesome. I know you guys are planning one in the near future, but um, it's cool. It's like you'll get to experience this one day of your life where most almost all of your favorite people are all in one room together and ours was on new year's eve so it was even more fun it was it was incredible so i would love to re relive that marrying the same person of course yes <laughs> <laughs> and lastly what is your one rule for life oh man one rule for life I think it's just to be myself and just truly show up every day knowing that like this is all that I have to work with. So what am I going to do with it? I love that. I love that. And so where can people find you, Lindsay? Well, I am on most of the social medias. Although I as don't tweet. As long as you're not logged out, right? <laughs> as long as I'm not logged out, yes. Um, so Instagram, I have a personal and then the powerhouse women. I am on Facebook a little bit. Um, and then obviously my website has all my contact info. But I love to, I love creating genuine connections with people. So don't be surprised if you like send me a message if you get a, a video back. Just because, again, that's, that's what I love love to connect, love to meet new people and hear more about their journey, their story. Um, so yeah, I look forward to getting to connect with more awesome people through you because I just really admire you and Lindsay so, so much. And it's been fun getting to know you guys. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I'll make sure everything is linked up in the show notes so everyone can follow you. Just a reminder, guys, as you guys tune into this, feel free to shout out me and Lindsay on your stories because we will both shout you out. I'm sure that Lindsay, if you're inspired by her content, will message you back or give you a video <laughs> <laughs> as long as she's in her app. And I just really wanted to thank you, Lindsay, for joining me. This has been so powerful. I'm really grateful for everything you've shared with me. And I know this is going to really help someone who's on the other line. And I just want to really thank you for coming on and sharing your journey. Thank you so much for having me. It really was 
so much fun. Thank you for tuning in today to my journey. I hope this episode brought some value and light into your life. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and shout us out on your Instagram story so we can share this message with as many people as possible. And if you're ready to start your own journey, reach out to me at brianpickwiss.com forward slash start. And until next time, thank you again. And remember, the journey starts with you. I'll see you guys.